right, so I'm on the phone with Patrick Deschamps. He's another musician that reached out about the current interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself. Yeah, thanks, Alexander. Uh, my name is Patrick Deschamps. Um, I've been playing the guitar and uh, other instruments for about 33 years. Uh, I live in Colorado, and I've uh, played in and out of bands all throughout my life. Awesome. Very cool. Um, well, speaking of throughout your life, let's uh, go back to the beginning of it. And uh, give me some information about when you kind of first encountered music and, you know, what about it kind of pulled you into it? So for as long as I can remember, I've just been enamored by guitar culture. Uh, my dad played the guitar and I had even just a little toy guitar as a kid and I'd uh, emulate uh, people like Buddy Holly and Richie Valens at that time. Uh, and then when I turned eight, I got an electric guitar for Christmas. Um, and that's when I really dove in and still just uh, completely taken with the guitar culture of the you know late 80s and early 90s. Um, and I was big into Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix, and it just propelled me. And I took lessons for about three and a half years uh, and just learned a ton of guitar. And that's really what got me started. Okay. Uh, when you say you learned a ton of guitar, how did you go about that? Did you take like uh, traditional one-on-one -on -one lessons or did you like study tabulature? What was kind of your process for learning? Yeah. So I did uh, take weekly lessons. They were half hour lessons. Um, they were with a guy named Jeff Freud at Crescendo Music in Littleton, Colorado. That was a great shop back in the day. Uh, so I'd take in songs that I wanted to learn, and he'd teach me how to play them. Um, I had learned a couple things already from one of my uncles. Um, so I had a basis of at least knowing what the strings were um, and a few chords. Um, so he'd teach me, um, you know, Hendrix songs and Stevie Ray songs. And eventually through that, he started introducing to me um, some of the scales and the theory behind how it worked. Okay. And um, from that, did you kind of line it up against, you know, the songs that you kind of wanted to learn and kind of bump up that information so you, you eventually learned to play them? Or was kind of your focus just to, you know, create with the instrument and eventually start writing your own music? So at first it was definitely just learning uh, cover songs. Um, but then I noodled around a lot too, always. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd say I've been writing almost since I've been playing the guitar as well. Uh, just because you, you know, you learn three chords and you put them together in different sequence and uh, just kind of mess with the strumming when you're noodling around. So you kind of inevitably end up writing something. Um, so it was almost more accidental than intentional, though. Um, and, but then as I got older, maybe around the time I was 12, 13, I did start intentionally writing songs. And uh, another thing that got me going on just uh, when I was, let's see, how old was I? It was junior high. I think I was 10 years old uh, or middle school. And I tried out for jazz band as a sixth grader and uh, I made it. Um, so my guitar teacher, who was still that guy, Jeff Freud, started teaching me um, jazz chords and jazz scales as well. And that, that took me up to a different level at the time. 
Okay. And then while you were learning guitar, was that kind of your main focus or did you kind of bring in any other instruments? So at that age, um, I was entirely focused on the guitar and primarily the electric guitar. Um, and I probably started playing acoustic guitar uh, maybe around 14 or 15. Uh, and maybe about 16, I started playing piano, was my first delve into other instruments. Okay. And then um, since you started learning at such an early age, did you participate in any of like the traditional uh, school programs like concert band or anything like that? I never did um, other than jazz band. So I was in jazz band um, for that just one year in middle school. Um, and then we actually moved to a different town um, and they didn't have a jazz band. So um, uh, I just played with other people, other kids, you know, um, and, and had a band in middle school that played a school dance. I'd say it was probably my first performance out. And then we also played a school dance at one of the private schools uh, in Steamboat Springs. Um, so that was my outlet at that time. And then we moved yet again when I was in high school. Um, and the high school there did have a jazz band. So I was in jazz band again. Uh, but no uh, formal concert experience or anything. Um, and I uh, never really learned how to read music at a young age. Um, I relied entirely on tablature uh, mm -hmm. and just my ear. Uh, and as I've gotten older, I've learned how to read music um, almost as a necessity for some of the pieces I've played with people. Um, but I still can't sight read um, like some musicians can. Okay. And so you mentioned that, you know, you started forming, forming bands at a pretty early age. Um, how do you think that that kind of progressed into, uh, you know, playing and then creating the instrument? Did you find yourself uh, auditioning for a bunch of different bands or did you kind of have like a solo project that you brought people into? It was always uh, starting a band um, when I was younger, just finding the other musicians um, at school and saying, hey, do you want to get together and, and jam at first, you know, and see if you guys all click. And then, you know, there's there's not that many musicians around when you're growing up in small town Colorado. So really, there's only a handful of you to choose from. Um, and because there's so few of you, you kind of hang together anyway because you have common interests. So uh, it kind of forms more organically, I'd say, uh, or it did for me, at least, uh, just because of the lack of musicians to choose from. But, but still played with, uh, you know, a number of quality musicians in those small towns growing up. Okay, well, so tell me about, you know, what the process was like coming out of that. Um, you know, at some point, I assume you decided that you wanted to make music more of a, a pivotal role in your life. How did you kind of get past that uh, bump where, you know, there wasn't a lot of musicians around uh, for you to kind of want to lean into more of like a professional attitude towards it? Yeah, so uh, part of it was moving to the city, um, you know, moving to Denver um, after high school uh, and putting ads out on Craigslist then to try to form bands. Um, but I was still definitely trying to form the band more than audition for them. And I'd have people come audition for me. So, uh, that's ended up how I met a couple of my real good musician friends. 
Um, but yeah, for, just forming bands through trying to meet people on Craigslist, um, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, and it worked pretty well back then. It's kind of, uh, it's gotten harder on Craigslist, in my opinion, these days. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of other social platforms to reach out to people on now. Um, yeah. Okay, so once you did kind of find yourself in an environment where there was more musicians around, um, did that kind of get you to where you are now? Or did you go through like a series of other projects to kind of figure out what exactly you wanted? I jumped around a lot. Uh, um, so since I was forming my own bands, um, I had control over, uh, what genre we were playing. Um, and I jump around a lot listening in my own regard. Um, so I stuck with bands for maybe three to five years. Um, you know, first, um, I was doing kind of alternative rock. Um, and then I very intentionally wanted to do metal for a long time. Um, and then went back to kind of hard rock. Uh, and then a buddy of mine wanted to form a rockabilly band. And this has brought me up to like the past 10 years of my life is kind of rockabilly and country. Um, I've, I've always listened to rockabilly. You know, I mentioned Buddy Holly um, at a young age. Um, and, uh, just really like Reverend Horton heat and stuff like that have for, you know, 20 years. So I was always kind of peripherally interested in it. And then a buddy of mine wanted to start a rockabilly band. Um, so we auditioned a couple stand-up bass players for that and stuff and, uh, uh, got it going. And that really kicked off. Um, that's all I've been doing for 10 years, uh, and, uh, started playing uh, pedal steel, uh, lap steel. I play dobro now. Uh, so yeah, that's really kind of how it evolved. Um, and I still listen to everything, but I really love playing uh, more country these days um, because you can get people out to shows. Uh, it's more danceable than you know my metal days and hard rock days. So it's pretty fun. Um, and that's really what I enjoy doing is this. Sure. So that kind of brings us up to where you are now. Um, tell me about the project that you're currently in. Obviously, it's like a rockabilly project. But, you know, w what is the name of it? You know, who are you working with? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So the name of it is uh, Dustin Elliott and the Broken Radio. Um, so it's this guy up here in Newcastle, Colorado. Uh, Dustin Elliott formed this band. Uh, and this is a really cool story, actually. Um, so I had moved to Glenwood Springs about two and a half years ago um, and, you know, had stopped playing in bands um, prior to that due to the pandemic, just because you couldn't gig out for a couple years. Um, and then I moved, so I wasn't playing with my former band anymore. Um, and I was just having a hell of a time um, finding musicians to play with uh, in Glenwood. Um, and Dustin had put an ad up on Craigslist, actually. He was looking for a drummer. And he listed his influences. Uh, and it was like Hank Three, uh, Wayne Hancock, Paul Cochran, or something like that, Charlie Crockett. And uh, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I don't play the drums, you know, but uh, I really like that kind of music. These are all the instruments I play. Uh, you know, let me know if you're interested. And he contacted me and we met up um, at lunch one Friday. 
uh, it was me and Dustin and Cody, the bassist in the band. And we just talked for like an hour um, to see if we clicked at all. Uh, and we did. We, we had a great conversation. Uh, and at that time, I actually hadn't really been playing the uh, lap steel much. Um, but I'd owned one for years and I had kind of messed around with it a bit. Um, but they wanted me to play steel. And I said, yeah, I'd love to give that a shot, you know. Um, so they asked me if I could show up that Friday night. And I did. And I brought my guitar. And uh, I knew enough that I held my own that first night. And we had a great time. So I went home and I really practiced and came back the next week. And, uh, you know, it was on. Um, so that was kind of the cool story of how I, I met these guys. And I've been playing with them. Uh, for about eight or nine months now, and uh, we have six members in the band. Um, sometimes we have a seventh, a fiddle player, uh, but we're playing a bunch of festivals in Colorado this year. Uh, we're playing Strawberry Days in Glenwood. We're playing Mountain Fest in uh, Carbondale. Um, got some other shows uh, locally up here, so it's going to be a, a great summer. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what's going on now. And uh, the first time I, I really ever auditioned for a band like that. So that was cool. Yeah, that sounds very cool. That's a great story. Um, so uh, with that being uh, one of your stories, you know, what are some of the other kind of pivotal moments that have happened to you in music that, you know, have stuck with you and kind of keep you going? Yeah, um, I'd say there's probably a couple things, um, you know, maybe one kind of personal uh, revelation I had was in my early 20s, I started playing uh, with my good friend, Josh. And um, at the time, I had just been playing um, blues and classic rock for years and was really kind of cocky. And I had this mindset that I could play lead over anything. And uh, he he really made me humble and showed me a lot of different music that I hadn't been exposed to. Um, that really made me realize that there was always something to learn about guitar, that you were never the best or, you know, you were, you should never be cocky because there's always going to be somebody out there better than you. Um, and you should always just try to learn as much as you can and listen to as much as you can and you might not like all of it, but you should listen to all of it and try to get exposed to it and get better all the time. Um, you know, he showed me music that had different time signatures that I wasn't used to and uh, just really opened a world for me that made me approach music completely differently than I had been in my life. Um, so that's probably one of them. Um, and then... Another one was, um, you know, through just dis discovering musicians, um, I always try to find new music. So I'm on a constant search for new music. So that's kind of related to the, the previous story. Um, but one specific musician I found that really changed uh, the way I look at music again was uh, Buckethead. Uh, and he's one of the only metal virtuosos that I even really listen to anymore. Um, but just uh, the way he plays riffs feels so intuitive to me. 
And it's like things that I would play if I could play as well as him and as fast as him. Um, so, um, it, again, it just really made me realize that you should always kind of write music in your own way um, and not care what anybody's going to think because the Bughead has a ton of critics too. Uh, but uh, it's beautiful, you know, so you should always just do what you want to do and, you know, make it sound good. Um, so finding him um, was another really pivotal moment in my music life. Yeah, I will definitely back that up. I got the chance to see Buckethead in a pretty small venue a few years ago, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible live. Um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, everything about him screams rock star, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. Awesome. So uh, what are the links where people can find out, uh, you know, the current project that you're working on and take a listen to the stuff you're doing? Yeah, look up uh, Dustin Elliott and the Broken Radio on Facebook. We have a page there. Uh, my personal Instagram, which is uh, pretty bleak, but there's stuff on it sometimes, is just Patrick David Deshant. Um, and then uh, there's our uh, Dustin Elliott uh uh, page too. Um, he posts a lot of stuff on the band. It's just Dust Elliot on Instagram. So look those up. Uh, like I said, we have a bunch of shows coming up this summer. Um, we're playing May 27th at uh, the Hogback Pizza in Newcastle. Kind of kicks off our summer. Uh, then uh, we're playing Strawberry Days uh, in June. So uh, look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word. Uh, so just a message you want to throw out there that you feel you resonate with. Uh, yeah, just musicians should always remember to uh, stay open-minded. Um, you know, never discount any style of music because you may surprise yourself. You may not like something one day and then your, your taste will change and you will like it. So always give everything a chance. Always give musicians a chance. Uh, you know, everybody's trying their hardest, and uh, uh, there's a lot of good music out there that you haven't heard yet. 